This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. Well, we're in the middle of our uh, Summer at the Movies series. It's my honor to speak to you this morning. And uh, my topic that I'm going to talk about is freedom, living free. And so I chose Braveheart uh, for my movie to uh, depict some of the principles that we can learn today. Uh, and we can practice in our Christian walk as well. When I was looking at this, and they gave me this week to preach, uh, some of the guys on the uh, leadership team thought that I should choose two other movies, and uh, I'll just share them with you, let you see what you think. One of them was Grumpier Old Men. (laughs) I have no idea why they gave me that one, all right? Grumpier Old Men, since I'm the oldest pastor on staff, but then they said, oh, but then we can look at what about... Bob. Uh, That's way too close to home, so we're not going to do that one as well. So I chose this one anyhow, um, Braveheart. In this scene, we look at William Wallace, who is uh, taking the leadership of the people of Scotland, who were under the English captivity and under their rule and dominance for years and years and years and years. The English came in and invaded Scotland after the death of the Scottish king, and uh, they had these people that, uh, in Scotland, and they were ruling over them in every area. They had to give them more taxes. They had to do whatever the English wanted them to do. Uh, there were some uh, just horrific things that were taking place with the women and children and all the rest of it. And the Scottish people just, just felt like they had no choice but to obey the English rule at that period in time. And so William Wallace comes on the scene and goes, no, 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 no. And through a period of different things that happened in his return to Scotland... He rises up and says, we're going to fight for our freedom as a nation. We can be free. We can be free from all the rule that the English have had over our our lives and over our situation, over our families, over our lands, and we're going to win it back. And so he says, what will you do for freedom is really his theme. And so he's talking to his people and he riles up this this, um, unbelievable army and they're untrained guys that came from every village, from every town in Scotland to fight with Will and Wall. William Wallace. And so they come and they conquer, have victory after victory over the English. And so the troops begin to grow and grow and grow. In this scene, the English army comes over the hill and it is vast. Four times what the untrained army of Scotland is all about. And uh, these guys look at it and go, they have archeries and they have all these other military people there. And they're going, no, 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 we're going to fight. And William, William Wallace goes, man, won't you just fight for this one time? Won't you just give this up for all the freedom in the world? And so we're going to talk about in our lives, in our situations, what will you do for freedom? Freedom in your life. Times when there's difficult situations and you think it's permanent over your life. Maybe you're going through a difficult time or a tough time or a rough time. Maybe it's in your marriage or a relationship that's going through a tough time. You go, man, this looks like there's no hope for this. Just like the people of Scotland thought there's no hope, it's helpless and hopeless, and what can we do, and this is just permanent, this is just the way it's going to be. Have you ever felt that way in your life? This is just the way it's going to be? This is just what I've got to deal with in life? Maybe it's a habit. Man, you've tried to lick it, man, you tried to get over it, you tried to get through it, and you just haven't been able to do it on your own strength? How many have ever been there? Maybe it's an addiction. Man, you try to cut that addiction and get rid of it. And man, it just seems to be holding on. and say, well, it's just permanent. It's just who I am. It's just something I'm going to do. Maybe it's a debt that you have. You say, man, have you ever tried to get out of debt? And say, man, will I ever get out of debt? Maybe it's a sickness that you have. 
I know I've, I'm coming off bronchitis for a couple of weeks, and it just seems like every time I feel like I'm getting out of it, man, I just keep hacking and coughing, coughing, coughing. I said, man, will I ever get rid of this cold? How many can be simple like that, right? Simple things in our lives. We think, man, will I ever get rid of this? Will this ever ha- get away from me? And so this is what's taking place in their lives, but it can take place in our lives as well. Have you ever been there? Will I ever be free? Will I ever get rid of this? I know Joyce and I have in our 37 years of marriage, there's been times in our lives where situations, problems have arisen, and we thought, man, will we ever get through this situation? Will we get through this? Do we have enough strength? Do we have enough faith to get through it? I remember when our daughter was young, our youngest, our oldest daughter, our youngest daughter, uh, looking right down at our oldest daughter sitting there. Brittany, good to see you guys. Brandon, they're going to start their Ark Golf Coast Church here in a couple of months, so they're here this morning. It's good to see them. Yeah. Anyhow, Brittany, it wasn't you. It was Kayla, your sister, my youngest daughter. Okay, my youngest daughter, when she was young, she had... Uh, had all kinds of asthma problems, and we didn't know what she was dealing with. Every now and then, she would just shut down breathing, and we'd rush her to the hospital, and they would treat her, and we'd never give us a complete diagnosis of what was going on. Time and time again, this happened, and so finally, we got a diagnosis that she has asthma, and she's going to deal with it the rest of her life, and she's not going to be able to play sports or do this or do that, do that, do that, do that. They give us this long list, and Joyce and I just stood and said, man, that's not going to happen for our daughter. So we stood in prayer. We believed, and years later, we saw our daughter set free where she has to, every night had to get a nebulizer and breathing machines and all the rest. She doesn't have to do any of that. But at times, you walk through it year after year, doctor appointment after doctor appointment, you go, man, is this a permanent way our life is going to be? Is this what she's going to have to deal with all of her life? We think it's permanent. I know when we first started out in ministry, we took a, a small uh, youth pastor position at a small church, and uh, it was a really tiny little place, farmlands all around. I think the congregation was only 150 people total, so we were the first associate pastor they ever hired. So they really couldn't afford to pay us full time, so they paid us $180 a week. That's what we made it on. Of course, that was back when Lincoln was president, so I guess you could make it on $180. But when we were doing that, uh, you know, we started getting into debt. It's not what we wanted to do, but more debt, more debt, more debt, more debt, more debt. And so years later, we looked at it and we said, man, how will we ever get out of debt? And so we got on an aggressive plan to get debt-free, and now we're debt-free on it, except for a little bit yet we owe in our house. But other than that, debt-free. And we, we thought, though, when we were back there in those days, said, how will we ever get through this situation? Will we ever get out of debt? Yes. Through, through godly principles, what God's going to do in our lives, through believing and trusting the Lord, through standing on faith and standing on his word, we can get through those situations. So regardless of what your situation is today, you can get through it. There was times in my life, even last year, when I was battling my cancer situation. Many of you have prayed for me, and I thank you for your prayers. And I was battling that, and the doctor's report didn't look good, and I thought it was a permanent thing that was going to be part of my life. And then months later, that they, they cleared me of all the cancer, and I just had some blood work done. They cleared me again. And so praise God for his goodness and faithfulness. But when you're walking through it, yeah, God's good. Every day I wake up and say, God, thank you for life today. Thank you for my healing today. I mean, we don't know. We don't know the battles we're going to face, the situations we're going to face in our lives. And so we got to wake up with a a trusting in the Lord mentality. And so we got to believe and trust. And so, man, will I ever be free from this cancer? Will I ever be free from this situation? Will I ever be free? If you find yourself in that situation today, I'm going to talk about living free. And it could be something simple. Man, maybe a sickness or an illness. I remember one time I got injured and... uh, 
I was walking around in one of those walking boots for about eight months. Remember those, those, those walking boots that you have? And I mean, I was limping and walking for eight months. I thought, man, am I ever going to be able to get rid of this, this walking boot that I had? And I was going through that. And I remember the time I had been playing basketball. And I passed the ball and I cut. I was at the YMCA during lunchtime. And I cut to go to the basket and my whole Achilles heel exploded. Just ruptured in half. It felt like the biggest guy in the room had a baseball bat and just smacked me as hard as he could right in my heel. And it rolled up into my calf and down into my heel, so my leg was just kind of, my foot was just kind of flopping all over. And immediately, as soon as that happened, I was on the ground, and I was in excruciating pain. And I knew what happened right away. Being an athlete, I said, man, I know what happened. I blew out my Achilles. Oh, this is not going to be good. This is going to be long. I'm I'm sweating. You know how when you get injured right away, the sweat happens and all the rest. And I'm on the ground. I grabbed the guy that was covering me. I grabbed his leg. I said, I said, Joe, I said, I just ruptured my Achilles. He goes, yeah, we could hear it. It stopped. It stopped everybody in its tracks. It was like an explosion took place in the gym. And so I, got, I went and showered and got to, the, got to my office. I walked in, and I'm hobbling, and my foot's just flopping all over. And uh, sorry, ladies. Anyhow, it's part of the illustration. So I was just flopping all over. Did I say it was flopping? Anyhow, it was flopping all over. And, uh, and so I went there. I said to, to the admin there, I said, hey, call my wife. I'm going to have to go get a surgery done. And she goes, yeah, 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 because I'm always kind of teasing. And she goes, yeah, yeah. I said, no, look. She goes, oh, yeah, I'm calling your wife, you know. And I'm in my suit back then. We wore suits to, to the office to work in church. And so Joyce comes in. And before she could get there, though, our uh, outreach and prison minister, he heard that what happened. So he comes in. And he's a bodybuilder. I mean, he is like muscle on muscle. And he, he can't hardly raise his hands because he's got so many muscles. You know what I mean? And he walks in to pray for me. And he's an aggressive prayer warrior. You know what I mean by that? They took authority over things. And he's like... We're going to do business. So you can imagine his personality and the size of him. He walks in, and I have my foot prop up on another chair, and it's kind of flopping all over doing that deal. And he comes in, he goes, Bobby. He goes, I'm going to pray for you now. I said, oh, God, you know. Be, be gentle. Be gentle on it, you know, because I was just praying. this, no pain, no pain, no pain. You know, I'm going to wimp on that. No pain. I know I got to go through surgery, but no pain. So he grabs my foot. Yeah, just like that. Oh, I mean, I was off my chair. He grabs my foot and he goes, oh, in Jesus' name, I pray that you were heal Bobby's Hercules heel. Hercules? Her- Hercules heel? Hercules heel. Achilles heel. I don't want a bigger heel, Hercules. I want my heel, you know. And so he prayed for my Hercules heel to be healed. And so I just kind of was there. I was kind of giggling. And next day we went to the, do- the hospital, and I'm in the hospital. And they, say, they throw me the little gown and say, all right, get your little gown on. Okay, so I get there, everything else off. I put this little gown on. I hop in the gurney. They take me into pre-op. I'm in pre-op. And in the pre-op comes one of the ladies, and she had a mask on. She goes, oh, Pastor Bob, how are you doing? I'm going to be helping out with your surgery today. I'm in a little gown. She's going to in my surgery today. No, 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 you know? So I roll in, they roll me into the operating room. This only happens to me. I roll in the operating room, and the doctor, Yuka, who I knew, who played basketball with us over lunchtime, and he goes, Cappy, what did you do? And told him, he goes, okay, we'll get you taken care of here in a minute. He has Rush Limbaugh radio on his operating room, and that day's topic was doctors who operate on the wrong parts of your body. The nurse is going to be part of my church. I can see the next time I preach. Hey, how you doing? You know, and operating. So I'm lifting my leg. I'm going, Doc, you know it's the, which one it is. He goes, yeah, I think we got it, you know. 
So anyhow, eight months rehab, walking around, trying to drive, trying to shower, trying to do all that. How many know there can be simple things like that you think are permanent in your life? You think, will I ever get rid of this thing? Will this thing ever be gone? Will we ever have that? Will I ever be free? I want you, since we're into summer of the movies, I want you to do something. We're going to walk down a little, little exercise here. I want you to close your eyes, all right? Now, I know this is dangerous because some of you could fall asleep, but just close your eyes, all right? <laughs> close your eyes. I want you to do this word picture. I'm going to share a scripture with you about King Hezekiah. I want to get in your mind, just like a movie would be right now, just start playing a movie about you being the king. Or ladies, you can be the queen if you want, okay? But what it would it be like if you were the king? Right now, can you picture yourself as the king or the queen? Can you see yourself in the palace? Can you see yourself having all the servants taking care of you and doing what you want them to do and following your orders? Can you see yourself as king getting up that day and going to the throne and sitting on the throne and making the decisions that need to be done for the day? Can you see yourself? Do you see yourself in that seat? Do you see yourself a knife having a festival or a feast and all the food and there's some singing and dancing going on? Can you see yourself as king and queen? Everybody there? Can you visualize that? Just like at a movie. This is how my wife reads the Bible, by the way. Those that are artistic, okay, you kind of read the Bible with that in mind. So as we were going over this, Joyce says, that's how I read the Bible. I said, cool, that's what I'm going to do today. All right, everybody open their eyes. Sir in the back, I said, no falling asleep. All right, open your eyes, please. Okay, now let's read this scripture and see what you can see. See if you saw this. Let's read it out of 2 Kings 20. It says, in those days, Hezekiah, who was king, became ill when he was at the point of death. Now, did you see yourself as ill and at the point of death when I asked you to close your eyes and picture yourself as king? This is where Hezekiah finds himself. But then there's, a, there's hope in the, in the distance because the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, went to him and said, this is what the Lord says. Now, if you're king, sick and ill, almost to the point of death, and God sends the prophet to give a word to you, what do you think that word is? Positive, or what do you think is going to be negative? Most of us would think there's a positive word that God's going to give me. There's going to be hope that's going to give me. Restoration that God's giving me. Look at what Isaiah says to him. Put your house in order, because you're surely going to die. You will not recover. How many know that was not the word that Hezekiah was looking for? He says, then Hezekiah, what did he do? He turned his face to the wall, and he prayed to the Lord. Remember, Lord, how I've walked before you faithfully and with wholehearted devotion have done what is good in your eyes. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Let's read on. It says, before Isaiah had left the middle court or the temple area, the Lord, word of the Lord came to him. Go back and tell Hezekiah, the ruler of my people, this is what the Lord, the God of your father David says. I have heard your prayers and I have seen your tears. Let's read it again together. I have heard your prayers and have what? Seen your tears. I will heal you. On the third day from now, you will go up to the temple of the Lord and I will add 15 years to your life. When you're sick and ill, wouldn't you like that word from the Lord? I'm going to add 15 years to your life. In other words, God says, listen, that's not permanent over your life. You may be sick and ill right now. You may have a disease. But God says, guess what? I'm going to add 15 years to your life. This is one of the scriptures I was standing on last year when I was battling cancer. I asked God for more than 15 years. Trust me. I was saying, God, add more years to my life. I will live a long life and see your saving power, Lord. And so I said, man, Lord, do that in my life. Notice a couple of things that Hezekiah did. 
When he heard the bad news, what did he do? Did he accept and say, that's it, that's my lot in life, I'm going to die, that's it. What did he do? He prayed to the Lord and he wept what? Bitterly. Well, notice what God does. He changes his mind. He says, Isaiah, go back and tell him he's going to live. Because he what? He heard his prayers and he saw his tears. Guys, have you ever been going through a problem in a situation you thought like, where is God? God, are you really, have you really, are you hearing me? God, do you know what I'm walking through? God, do you know what I'm doing? God, do you know what the situation is I'm, I'm facing right now? God, do you even care? Have you ever cried that much to God? Have you ever prayed out loud to God and said, God, where are you when I'm going through a difficult time? Have you ever cried and felt God's absence in your life and over your situation? Hezekiah prayed and he cried. Guys, I want to tell you, God hears your prayers at night. When you're alone, when you don't think he's hearing you, when you don't think he's there, God hears your prayers. I I woke up this morning, I was so excited to share this part of the message because I think it's a word for many of you today. God hears you. When you're walking alone, God hears you. When you're going through a situation, God hears you. When you think nobody else cares, God hears your prayers and he sees your tears. God's a compassionate God. He's going to move upon your life and in your situation when you cry out to God and say, God, I'm not going to accept it as permanent. I'm going to believe you and trust you. I've served you faithfully. God, is that what you have for me? Is this my lot in life? God says, no, 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 no. Turn around. Go give him a new, new word. God has a new word for you today. It's not the doctor's report. It's not the situation over your finances, over your job, over your relationship. God has an answer for you. God wants you to live free. God wants you to be free in Christ. Amen? So understand, God hears and God sees. Amen? So two things we learn from this passage and two things we learn from William Wallace as well and Braveheart is this. Number one is to receive this, we got to think differently. You have to think differently. The biggest battle and the first battle takes place in our what? In our minds when we got bad situation or bad news or we're going through a difficult time. Isn't it when we go and we go, man, this is it. (laughs) This is all it is. Nothing's going to change in my life. This is permanent. I will never be free from my sickness. I'll never be free from debt. I'll never have the, find the right spouse. I'll never do this. Our marriage will never get healed. How many have ever been down the I will nevers before? Right? Have you been there? Or am I the only one, right? Man, when I was battling cancer last year, man, it was a battle of the mind was the first place it took place. I had to check my spirit and my mind every single day to get it in the right place. I do not receive what the doctor said. I'm going to trust in the word of the Lord, and I'm going to walk in freedom of my sickness and of my cancer. And so that's what you got to do. It begins in the mind. A couple months ago, I, I shared a sermon. I talked about this principle a little bit. I'm just going to rehash it just for a second. What we think about, we soon believe, and then we treat it that way, or we act upon it. So if I think it's permanent, I'm going to believe it's permanent, and then all my actions are what? It's permanent. This is it. This is what I'm going to walk through in life. This is what, this is what it is. I'll never get free from If you think you'll never get free from that addiction or break that habit, guess what's going to happen? You're going to believe you'll never be free from that addiction and break that habit. Guess what you're going to do? All your actions are going to tell you what? I can't break this addiction. can't break this habit. What if you reverse that? What if you say, I am free in Christ? Well, you say, I'm going to have a new mindset. This is not permanent. This is only temporary. I know through the power of Jesus Christ, I can be free from any habit, addiction, from my sickness, from debt, from this bad relationship. I know that God is going to give me the answer. What if you believe that and put that in your mind all the time? Then you start believing that all of a sudden you start living it out as if you are what? Free. I see it happen all the time. First thing it is we need to think what? 
differently. Now we're going to look at a second scene in the movie, and it's going to be about Robert the Bruce. And we're going to look at Robert the Bruce, who uh, had allegiance with uh, William Wallace for a couple battles. And then he got bad advice from his father, and he was one of these Scottish noblemen. And uh, people looked up to him. And uh, he was following, and then he said his father gave him bad advice. He said, man, you need to have your allegiance with the English instead of with William Wallace. So he portrays William Wallace in the most critical battle in the movie. And when he portrayed him, William Wallace found out who betrayed him, and then the Scottish people were defeated at that particular battle because of the betrayal of Robert the Bruce. And Robert the Bruce then confronts his father. Now, I've got to give you a forewarning of this. Robert the Bruce's father has leprosy, so it's a little graphic there from Robert the Bruce's father. But let's check out this scene. I want you to pay close attention to the words Robert the Bruce shares. Let's look at it. I'm the one who's rotting. But I think your face looks graver than mine. Son. We must have alliance with England to prevail here. You achieved that. You saved your family, increased your land. In time, he will have all the power in Scotland. Lands, titles, men, power, nothing. Nothing? I have nothing. Men fight for me, because if they do not, I throw them off my land and I starve their wives and their children. Those men who bled the ground red at Falkirk, they fought for William Wallace, and he fights for something that I've never had. And I took it from him when I betrayed him, and I saw it in his face on the battlefield. And it's tearing me apart. Well, all men betray. All lose heart. I don't want to lose heart! I want to believe as he does. I will never be on the wrong side again. What a powerful scene, isn't it? He says, I want to what? I want to believe. And I'll never be on the wrong what? Side again. I choose it. Come on. I choose to believe. I choose to believe. It's a choice. We choose to think differently. Now we got to choose to choose differently. We begin to choose differently the things that we're going to believe in and trust in and put our faith in. And, and just like Robert the Bruce said, man, I'll never be on the wrong side again. Man, we need to be understanding that we want to be on God's side when we're going through a battle. So we're going to choose faith over fear. We're going to choose faith over our situation, our sickness. We're going to choose faith over the situation that's keeping us in bondage. We're going to choose faith believing God's called us to be overcomers. We're going to choose faith believing what? That we are victors, not victims in this situation. We got to choose faith. So we choose differently. We've lived in this life, in this situation for a long time, and you thought it was permanent, but God's telling you today, man, you have a different choice to make. You don't have to be on the wrong side. You can be on God's side. God wants you to be free today. God wants you to be free from that addiction or that habit or that situation or that sickness. God says, choose life today. Live in abundance. 
we have a choice that we need to make. Choice to follow God's word, God's principles for our marriage, over our finances, over every area of our life. We get to choose those things in our life. How many know life is full of choices, right? Full of choices. God wants you to be free. I love this out of John chapter 8. He talks about Jesus' heart for us. He says, who the Son makes free is free indeed. We're free indeed. We don't have to look to the past. It doesn't have to be something to hold on to our lives. But who the Son, Jesus, makes free is free indeed. When I give our lives to Christ, when we say, God, I believe to choose you, life in you. I, I believe to choose your principles and your word. I begin to put them into my mind and my heart. I believe those things. I'm going to practice those things. We get to choose life and choose differently in our lives. And we're going to see different results in and through us. I said, well, Bob, you don't understand my situation. You don't understand my cries and my tears and my prayers to the Lord. You don't understand my marriage is beyond repair. Or my life is too messed up. Or this habit or addiction is too strong for me to break. Or maybe you're in too much debt. You don't see an answer. I want to let you know not only does God see those things, but we as a church see those things. So we're providing different classes and groups for you. If you're going through a debt situation, we have Financial Peace University. Many of our couples and individuals have walked through and it's helped them get out of debt. We have marriage classes that can help you if you're going through marriage problems. If you go, man, our marriage is not where it should be. Man, uh, we want to encourage you to go to marriage checkup in the fall. And it's where we take you through principles, godly principles, how you can have a healthy, restored relationship. When you're going through maybe addictions or you have a habit or a situation in your life, come Tuesday night to our freedom classes. We understand. We want to walk with you. Don't walk it alone. We as a church care, and we want to be there with you. Amen? So that's part of it. Don't walk it alone. Just like William Wallace could not defeat the English army all by himself, he gathered people from all over Scotland to help him. The cool part about this is Robert the Bruce followed through on his declaration to his father. Later, he became king over Scotland, and he went into battle with the English, and he defeated the English for the freedom of the Scottish people. So you can walk in freedom. You can believe it and trust God for it. My parents had this choice when I was two years old. My oldest sister and I, we were diagnosed with a severe illness. And uh, with that illness, and it was uh, actually taking lives all over Europe. And then it was happening in the United States. And people were dying from this flu bug. And back then, in those days, uh, 60 years ago, they really didn't have the medicine that they have today. And so uh, there wasn't a vein in my body that they could intravenously feed me and restore me. I had dehydrated to the place where there was no hope for me. So my parents had taken both my sister, my oldest sister and I, to the hospital, and the doctors gave them that report. And my sister, they were able to intravenously feed her and get her all the treatment she needed, but there was no hope for me. And so they told my parents just to go home, get the rest, take Rob and my oldest sister home to my, with my other sister and take care of them, come back to the hospital in the morning, that I'll probably make it a day or two more, but that's about it. That there was no, no hope for, for me to recover. And so my parents, weeping, took my sister home, and as they got home, my great aunt my great uncle were there, and they had stopped by the little church on the way, and they, my mom and dad never went to church prior to this point in time in their life. They'd never been in church, never received Christ, and weren't followers of the Lord. And uh, my great aunt great uncle, they stopped by, grabbed the pastor in the local church. He said, sure, I'll come over and pray for that, that young couple. My mom and dad were 19 and 21 at the time. And, uh, 
as, I, as they walked into the house, the, the pastor was there and he started to introduce them to the love of God and that God died on the cross for them and for their sins and they had a choice whether they wanted to live for God and my mom and dad that night surrendered their lives to Christ. They didn't know what that was all about but they gave their hearts to the Lord right there in our living room and they, they surrendered to the Lord and right then my mom got up and she walked over to the, to, by herself on the side and she says, God, I, I believe that you're real. I've received you tonight and God, if you will heal my son, I will give him back to your work someday. She had no idea what she was praying. Just came out of her, out of a mother that was crying and weeping for her son. Weeping for his life, praying for God to heal. God, I don't know if you do heal. I don't understand that, but God, I give it to you. I believe what the pastor told me is true, that you do want to heal my son. Fifteen minutes later, hospital called. Mom answered the phone and said, listen, we found a vein in his body that we can feed him. Your son's going to make it. God heard their prayer and saw their tears. I have scars all over my body. I look down every now and then. I see them. I have one here or there. I mean, everywhere, my foot, all places. And I'm reminded of God's grace in my life. I'm reminded of what my mom prayed. Now, the story goes on. She didn't tell me that part of it that she said she'd give me back to, to God someday. So I was going off my life, and I would run in the house during the day and as a little kid. And my mom would, man, they got into the Word, and they, man, they transformed their life, that prayer, that situation, that decision, that choice that they made to serve God. And so they, they, they began to serve God with all the heart, started attending church, and we get to church all the time, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Sunday school, Wednesday night. We went to church, you know, and it, it changed their life and our life. And I, I remember those moments. So we'd run in from playing and before I could even, from school, and I remember before I could go out and play, my mom would say, no, 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 come on over here, kids. And she had her highlighter out on her Bible. And she was sitting there in the counter and she had the blue highlighter for me and it was all the scriptures she had for me, the blue boy. And the pinks were for my sisters. And so I had to go over and I had to read one scripture before I ran out and played. And I'd run over and read the scripture. Why is that make a, glad, a father glad? Yay, you know. And she goes, no, 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 I want, you to, I want you to really get that in you. Come here, back here, you know. And I had to read it again and went out to play. And so I went off and I was into sports and so I was my whole desire was to play basketball in college and play basketball as pro and do all those things. And, and so I, I practiced ball like two, three hours a day, man. I was into playing ball. So I was there playing ball and got to, to, got to college on a scholarship to play ball. And the first game, I went up to make a layup and a player came and cut my legs underneath and I came down and smashed my knee. Everything that I had worked for, dreamed for, had desired is gone. And I thought, that's it. What purpose do I have? And so during the rehab time, man, I was starting to say, all right, God, if you have something else for me, man, I, I'll even transfer to another school. I don't even know why I was saying these things. And I was in my college dorm, and I was praying. I said, God, and I rededicated my life back to God during that time, and I started getting stronger in the Lord. I said, God, even if you want me to go to Bible school, I will do that. Grudgingly, but I will do that, God, you know. I love the school I was at and the team and all the rest, and I was getting rehabbed and, and uh, maybe able to play the next season. And so... And I was doing that, and, and the nerd of our hall knocks on the door, the guy we picked on all the time. He says, I don't know why, but I got this list of college, Christian colleges, and I thought maybe you'd like this booklet, and maybe, I don't know why I'm giving it to you. And he was stumbling, and I was just like, thank you. And I walked in, I closed the door. I said, really? I went I, to, my, to my desk, and I opened it up, and I found a school. I was going to school in Pennsylvania. I saw a school in Florida. I said, Yes, I receive from you, Lord. 
the goodness of God, you know. And uh, that's how I chose the school, Florida, you know. And so I made a choice that day that I was going to go to Bible school. And uh, I went home that weekend to tell my parents. And uh, I said, Mom and Dad, I just got some news, that, big news that I want to share with you. As college freshmen, it's probably not the right approach to your parents because they're probably not thinking the right things, right? Mom and Dad, sit down. I got big news I want to tell you. <laughs> Mom and Dad sat down. I said, man, I, I just want to let you know that I, God's been working on my heart. I really feel and I, I'm really devoted to God that God's called me into ministry, full-time ministry. I'm going to be transferring, going down to the school in Florida. My mom started crying like crazy, just weeping. Remember, she didn't tell me the second part of the prayer. I always knew I was almost dead and how God resurrected me and saved me. And she goes, remember that story? I want to tell you the last part. God not just heard my prayers. Now he just answered my last tears. By you coming and saying you're going back to ministry because I offered you back to God. Now this is my way of saying God, now use him. God is faithful, guys. God is faithful. That was 18 years later after my mom prayed that. Some of you think your situation is so permanent in your life that you'll never get through it. How many know God wants you to be free? God wants you to be an overcomer. Father, thank you for your goodness that we're overcomers in you. God, we thank you for what you did on the cross for us, that we can be free, free, free today from any bondage, from any habit, from any addictions, from any sickness, from the situations and the problems. God, we choose to think differently and walk differently. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Just quietly be seated. Keep, if you will, just give me one more minute. Just quietly be seated. Quietly all over if you can be seated. Let's just keep in the prayer moment. If you can just keep your eyes closed and your head bowed. This morning, if you walked in here, you've never given your life over to Jesus Christ. Today's your day. You just feel that stirring in your heart. Say, this is the time. What I want you to do without anybody else looking, all eyes closed, heads bowed, just between me and you and God, I just want you to slip up your hand real high. Or maybe it's you've, you're returning back to God. Says, man, it's been a long time. I just need to recommit my life to Christ like I had to as a young adult. Maybe that's you today. If that's you, first time you want to say yes to the Lord or recommitting to God right now, all over the auditorium, just slip up your high hand, hand real high so I can see it. Yeah, all over. Yeah, and all over. Praise God. Yep, see it down front, middle. Yeah, in the back over there. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, anybody else? This is your day. This is your day. Yeah, pal, see it in the middle there. Thank you. Come on, this is your day. This is your moment. Amen. Amen. Now I'm going to ask everybody to pray this prayer, including those that raise their hand, say this, dear God. Come on, everybody, real loud, dear God. I know mankind needs a Savior, and I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now. I confess you as my Lord. As my Savior. As the one who forgives me. And restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. And I have a relationship with you. I am a new creation in Christ. Because I've said yes to you. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about the Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.